The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Good afternoon. If you are listening to me in the afternoon, good evening or good morning or good night. Depending on the time of day, I am Deb Tomorrow. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. It is Election Day in Indiana. So I have voted. Karen, have you voted? I did. I voted this morning. Excellent. So I want to say thank you to the United States of America for making Indiana count this year. Thank you. I just said that to my husband. It's the <laughs> first time in 20-some years that I've been able to vote. That and Indiana, have it matter, right? Yeah. Primaries usually decided by the time it gets here. But we even had candidates visiting in town here in little old Bloomington, Indiana, in the past, over the past week. So it's been pretty exciting. I haven't looked at any of the returns. And we don't talk politics here, so don't really care. But if you are in India and you haven't voted, you have a few hours left. So go do it. That was the voice of Karen Rastel. She is the best damn lender in the state of Indiana, joining us every week. Thank you for joining us every week. Um, Thanks we, for having me every we, week. We are codependent on each other. I think so. Uh, and that ain't nothing wrong with that when you're codependent on someone who's healthy, right? So uh, she provides a lender's perspective as well as just a second perspective on what we're talking about which is a lot of what's real in real estate as opposed to what reality TV tells you. So I have some reality real estate news. Ooh, this is exciting. It was, you know, I get all the best, uh, most reliable news from, do you know what website? TMZ.com. Oh, that's a good website. I swear <laughs> they have the, the scoop before anybody else. I think they do. It really, it doesn't even matter what it is. Actually, I was having a conversation with, uh, you know, that they did on TV. I don't know what channel it was. had the miniseries on the O.J. Simpson yes, trial. My husband's watching that. And my attorney was watching that. And so we were having lots of conversations about the legal aspects of it. They were all very intellectual conversations, I'm sure. And TMZ came up with a story about a knife being found on O.J. Simpson's estate. And I had to send that to my attorney. He's like, why was I saw something on CNN? I said, no, that's not true. (laughs) TMZ, that's where the truth is. Anyways, do you know Property Brothers star Jonathan Scott, one of the twins? I heard this story. Did you? Mm -hmm. He ended up in the headlock of a bouncer at a bar and of all places, Fargo, is that North Dakota? I'm sorry, I'm an, an idiot today. Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, police are investigating. Cops tell TMZ that Jonathan was at Dempsey's public house Saturday night when the altercation started. It wasn't much of a fight. We're told the bouncer quickly subdued Jonathan. Uh, it's unclear what started the fight, but the cops tell the bar that the tell us that the bar was trying to get people out before the 2 a.m. closing time. I guess they didn't. They wanted to stay till the bitter, bitter end. Don't try to get me out at 150. 
I have till two o'clock. I mean, they could have had a design dispute. That could have been it, too. I mean, they didn't like the tchotchkes on the walls. Possibly. So Jonathan called 911 at one fifty-seven a.m. claiming he was assaulted by the bouncer. A source close to Jonathan. Who is that source close to Jonathan? Probably his brother Probably Drew. Drew right? <laughs> a, source, a source close to Jonathan tells us he happened to get in the middle of other people who were arguing, but he had nothing to do with the situation. Cops say that the bar staffers deny any assault, although there are photos. Did you see photos? I did. I have not seen There them. is a photo with Jonathan in a headlock. So she's got to pull out her phone and look it up. No arrest was, uh, no one was arrested. They're investigating. So that's the latest on the um, reality real estate gossip news. So it's made me second guess whether I'm really ready for HGTV or not because, you know. I don't know. I mean, this is an exciting uh, industry that we're in. So Fascinating. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say one thing is that, you know, I did learn a long time ago, nothing good happens out in public after 1 a.m. <laughs> right? Did your mother tell you that? My dad, you say nothing good happens after midnight. You after need to be home. midnight. Yes. Exactly. Nothing good happens after midnight, which is why I'm usually in bed. So, uh, so today we are not going to just talk about gossip. We're actually going to talk about some useful things. Um, I want to... I don't know. I'm going to ask Karen if I need to revisit my cereal analogy from last week. I do. I mean, I think I think a lot of people got it. <laughs> my mother commented on it. I'm not sure she got it or not. She's a smart lady. And she was kind of, that was, uh, you know, interesting, Debbie, is I think what she said. <laughs> so my point with the cereal analogy, you'll have to listen to last week's show if you didn't get it all. I'm not going to go into it all in detail. But my point was that when you were thinking about value of your home, Think about buying cereal and how you compare it with the other boxes on the shelves and what the current prices of those other boxes are. And you tend to make your decision of what cereal is right for you based on what else is on the shelf and not necessarily what was on the shelf last week or what that cereal was priced at last week. So listen to the show. Send me your questions. <laughs> Sometimes my analogies get stretched a little bit. I think they're brilliant, and then I think I overwork them too much. Like I, I'm baking bread, and I've overneeded it. Oh, there's another analogy. I've probably yes. stretched a little too much. Oh, gosh, stop that. All right. Uh, real quick, before we get started in the show, I have an exciting announcement to make. Karen and I are actually going to have an appearance next week at the uh, Senior Expo in Bloomington, Indiana. So if you're around, it is at the Twin Lakes Recreation Center. That's May 11th from 3 to 7. So I'll remind you of that a few times. But come stop by and say hi. Um, we're going to sign autographs. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? It's not funny. I think it's true. I think do people, I need to get some headshots? I think people do stop you and say, you're the lady that opens up <laughs> all of those doors. I am the lady who opens the doors. How do she open all those doors? All right. So we are a little um, punchy today because I think last Friday, I don't know about for you in the lending world, Karen, but April 29th was a record-setting day for most of the title companies around here. Uh, and I think for most of the realtors, uh, when I look at our system and see how many closings were popping up, it was insane. Um, and I know that people were same for them personally it was a record-setting day I'm not sure why and Monday was just as busy May 2nd so Mm -hmm. those two days I think will probably go down this year as the busiest days of the year um I may have had a few margaritas last night so if my voice sounds a little gravelly and I don't make sense that may be my excuse that I'm in my 40s and (laughs) didn't hydrate enough before I drank um and our market might be a little bit different than yours so don't think that because I'm saying you know we're setting records 
last week and this week here in our market. That may not be your market cycle. It's definitely a great question to ask when you're talking with realtors. Um, if you have an established relationship with a realtor, if you're interviewing realtors, ask what that market cycle is. Um, we are a little bit earlier than a lot of markets um, that don't maybe get as busy until June. We tend to hit in April. Um, but as you can imagine, when it gets crazy like this, it does sort of amplify amplify the stress when a transaction doesn't go smoothly. Have you experienced that, Karen? Yes, I yeah. have. And it, I mean, it's it's our stress, it's client stress, it's everybody's stress. There's a lot of people involved in a transaction. Um, so since we talked last week about empowering sellers to be a driving force in the sale of their home, we talked about sort of taking charge and taking accountability um, because ultimately it's your goal as the seller to get out of the house, which you need to get out of the house, I thought today we'd talk about other things that both the buyers and the sellers can do to help ensure a smooth transaction. Um, I was doing a little bit of research. Uh, you know, I was I pulled all my ideas together and I thought, well, let's see what anybody else has to say about this too because I'm not the one with all the answers. And I found an article that we're going to read a little bit of and it talked about real estate road rage. And I thought, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's a exactly, good title. <laughs> yeah, and I wish I had gotten that title out before we put all the show promos out. So sorry about that, Rachel. Um, But uh, yeah, real estate road rage. So uh, how to avoid real estate road rage. I started with uh, 10 things because that's sort of my theme every week. I believe I ended with 17. (laughs) We're not going to do a two-part show on this, but um, there there are a lot of ways. And so I want to share those. And this goes for buyers and sellers, whoever you are. If you have a family member, or you have a friend who's buying and selling, they may be using you as a sounding board. So this, that, listen to this because you can provide hopefully some sage advice. Um, so who out there wants to have a smooth transaction where everyone is happy at the closing table, everyone feels like the deal is fair, everyone's going to sleep well at night? Raise your hand. Okay, I see all your hands raised. Good. Now, who wants a transaction where the two parties can't even be in the same room together at a closing? Where there's crying at some point? I had to send an email yesterday that said, crying, crying. There's no crying in real estate. (laughs) Uh, Who wants anxiety? Who wants drama? Raise your hand. Yeah, the only person I see out there with their hand raised is some damn producer at HGTV. Nobody wants the drama. So we're going to talk about ways to uh, uh, minimize the drama. I feel like this show might end up being a a show of memes. (laughs) I think Rachel's my associate producer. She's a little snotty today. She's homesick, um, but she's listening in and, and uh, helping me by posting some things on Facebook. And I think she's going to get memed out by the end because I'm probably going to come up with a lot of cliches um, on, you know, all those things about you can't control the situation. You can only control your attitude and things like that. But all that stuff is really, really true. I'm going to start by reviewing that article I had mentioned. It actually came from the Huffington Post, which I think is my number two source of news behind TMZ, right? Yes. I don't know. The Huffington Post has everything in it. So I think, I don't know if I've ever been quoted in the Huffington Post, but that may be besides, That's you your know, bucket list. Well, you know, besides getting Chuck and Joanna to, um, you know, That's true. tweet me or whatever. Um, But five ways, they had an article that said five ways to avoid real estate road rage when closing on a home. So thank you, Huffington Post, for letting me steal that uh, road rage thing. Uh, And they say there are a number of steps you can take to ensure the the, uh, home process goes smoothly so that by the time you reach closing, you're cool, calm, and collected. Doesn't that sound nice? Um, One of the things is choose the right people. I think this is huge. In the end, having a professional who can smoothly guide you through the process uh, is well worth it. 
Uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more, I think, later in the show. Uh, number two on their list was to document everything. This is a big one for me. Um, I really prefer email uh, because I, then I have it in writing what everybody's committed to. Don't let people agree to things and not do it in writing. We had a closing yesterday, and it was literally at the closing table. We were writing out amendments to document what everyone had agreed to do so that it was in writing. Um, number three, acknowledge the emotional aspect, but don't cave into it. Certainly buying a home is emotional. We all get that um, and, and and appreciate that. I mean, this is your home. It's, sh- it's sh- shelter. It's a basic need in life. Um, so, And considering the amount of money that's involved, it's no surprise that emotions run high on both sides. Um, so understanding that, acknowledging that, um, I think goes a long way. Having a contingency plan, we're going to talk a little bit about that more too, in my opinion on that. And uh, never close because you feel obligated to close. Um, which I think is a really interesting one. And it's scary if you're sitting there at the closing table. But if something's going really, really wrong, you have the right to put the brakes on it. You're not forced to sign. So um, that is sort of the advice from Huffington Post. We're going to expand on that for the next three segments of the show. So stick around. We're going to go to a break and we will be back in just a few minutes. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now back to this week's program. Thanks for coming back. We are talking about Real Estate Road Rage. Karen, I need a favor. Yes. Smack me on the face or flick me on the forehead if I start to get too negative. Okay. I don't want to get, I don't want to like absorb all this road rage. Like I want this to be a positive show that talks about things you can do instead of, I don't want it to be a show of don'ts. I want it to be a show of do's. Right. Well, I think that you're always positive and always optimistic mm-hmm. on things. You haven't been around me the past 48 hours. Well, I don't, when you're around me, I don't hear it in your voice or in your, see it in your body language. I think it'll all be All right. Fine. Well, help me out there. Kick me under the table if it gets negative. Um, let's start talking about Instagram first because I meant to mention this at the beginning of the show. I know I'm all over the place. It's the tequila. Uh, Last week I set a goal of 51 Instagram followers. Yes. 
I think I'm at 49. So I need two more Instagram followers by the end of the show. Uh, so who can help a sister out? Am I, I don't even know how to check that. Um, I'm checking it right now. Okay, yeah, great. You're at 49. I'm at 49. I need two more. Uh, I'm not going to set a goal for next week, but uh, I, I posted a picture yesterday of some little mini alcohol bottles, and my 11-year-old nephew liked the picture. <laughs> I was, like, kind of disturbed by that. But, but hey, he's a follower, so he counts. Uh, so I don't know, maybe you can get some of his 11-year-old buddies to follow me, too. All right, let's get back to road rage. What are some ways that you can avoid real estate road rage uh, as we get into the busy season? of real estate. Here's a big one for me. Keep your contracts clear. Keep the expectations clear. And this goes, most of these things go for both sides of the transaction. Some of the biggest snags that we run into come from complicated contracts. This is where one side uh, is asking the other side for something that's sort of outside the norm um, and is often open to interpretation. So, for example, um, oh gosh, I had one last year that a realtor brought an offer on one of my listings. Now, this listing was spotless. You could eat off the floor. It was so clean. But for whatever reason that I still don't understand to this day, in the contract, it had a clause that said that the buyer would walk through the property right before closing, the day of closing, and if it was not clean enough to their standards, that the seller would pay for professional cleaning. There is no way on earth I would allow my seller to sign something like that. Because what does clean enough mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's so open to interpretation. It's so vague. There's just no way. Besides the fact that they completely offended my sellers. I had to present it to them that started with, don't get offended. We don't know where they're coming from. This is just what they wrote in the contract. Um, So we actually responded back with, we will provide you a credit at closing of $300, and you can pay for a professional cleaner if that's something you're concerned about. Mm -hmm. And then we raised the price $300. Did they accept that? They did not. Okay. (laughs) We sold the house to someone else who wrote a much cleaner contract, which was probably better. Because what that did to the seller was just raise all these red flags, like, oh, my gosh, who are these people? What, What are they, you know, they've walked into an absolutely spotless house, and yet they're super, you know, concerned about, cleaning and uh, honestly I don't know that the issue was with the sellers or with the buyers I think the realtor had had some past experiences and so this was a clause that they were putting in the contract Um, it ended up killing the deal for those buyers and and the sellers went on to someone else but I just couldn't wrap my hands around what's going to happen if we're like one hour before closing they do a final walkthrough on the property and they say oh it's not clean enough And then all of a sudden we're at the closing table and we're trying to negotiate, well, how much does a professional cleaning cost? Because we haven't had a chance to get an estimate and we don't even agree that it's necessary. You know, I mean, Um, there's other things like painting. You know, sometimes a seller will agree to, you know, hey, I'm going to do this painting for you just to kind of sweeten the deal. Well, you know, we can say it's painted in a professional like manner and write that into the contract. But who's to say that that's what professional-like manner means. Right. Uh, And I've had that situation, too. So, in general, I think keep your contracts clean. I could think of a million excuses, but that's when I start to kind of dwell into negativity. No, I think what you're saying, though, is 
if you're wanting something that's unique or or not in the norm, be as specific as you can so that it is made clear to the party that needs to respond. And as long as it's made clear and everyone's on the same page as far as what professional cleaning means or whatever, then it may not be as as bad. And I think this goes for uh, not just purchase agreements when you kind of write things into the purchase agreements, but also inspection responses. If you do an inspection, there are some things that need to be addressed. Um, you know, my preference is whenever we can wangle it, we try to do a, a credit back to the buyer and the buyer be in charge of the repair because that's the only way the buyer is going to be satisfied that it was done you know, completely to their satisfaction. Now, that's not always possible, and some things are really simple. Um, but you know, some things, one of the things we get around here a lot is um, the inspectors. I think 90% of the home inspections is the slope around the house mm. because of, I don't know, we have this weird karst geological blah, blah, I don't, tequila <laughs> what is it uh, the the kind of soil we have right we have a lot of it holds a lot of water and so we have you know issues with that and so our standards around here is that the ground should slope everyone in Indiana take note of this the ground ground should slope away from your house six inches over 10 feet I did not know that I believe that's the standard yes so what happens over time, and you especially see this in houses that are four or five years old, is that the ground, the dirt settles around the house. And if your gutters ever overflow, then that water, even just once, which we all, it happens right. once a year to everybody, that water will kind of splash down um, and create sort of an indentation along the house. And it may or may not be creating issues with the foundation, probably is over time. One time isn't probably going to kill the house, but... Um, then that is a slope issue. So a lot of times we'll see inspection responses where the uh, buyers will ask the sellers to fix the slope away from the house. And I have seen it done with just like mulch kind of piled up against the house. And like, oh, look, there's a slope now. And you think one wind or one rain is going to knock that down. So how do you want that done and then it gets really tricky because you're trying to like be as specific as possible. Um, so again, you know, sometimes doing a, um, a credit is an option for that. Um, so keep your contracts clear. Um, I'm trying to think of some other examples. Um, you know, it's not just about condition issues, but even doing contracts that get really muddy. How do you, what do lenders look for in contracts? Because that's the other thing is that if you put stuff in contracts, it can raise red flags for lenders. Yeah, I mean, what we're looking for is um, sometimes people want those big screen TVs, flat mm-hmm. screen TVs that mm-hmm. are mounted, mm-hmm. and they're probably uh, the right dimensions for that particular room. Um, you know, when we see that in there, um, you know, it just can't be part of that actual purchase mm-hmm. price. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like when the appraiser does their appraisal, um, a lot of those items cannot add value to to that house. Mm-hmm. Um, but So lenders don't like to feel like they're giving mortgages on big screen TVs. I would, yes. I That's would kind of how that. I tend to explain it to, you know, people want that riding mower included. Right. Not to say that that sort of thing can't be done, but it has to sort of be on a different um, method of conveyance, a different contract um, that kind of goes hand in hand with the purchase agreement, but isn't part of the purchase agreement. And so um, 
that gets real tricky. But I've also seen things where like if you put a repair item in the purchase agreement, then all of a sudden, go ahead. Yeah. So let's say that someone's going to get like a new septic system or, or something like that, that the seller has agreed upon to install. Um, I know where I work, we do at with that when that is written into the contract, we do ask for a letter from our borrowers that indicate that they are fully satisfied with the <clears throat> excuse me, with the repairs that the seller has performed. That is something that we will get prior to closing or if we know that they are, we can get them to sign that at closing. So, you know, those things certainly aren't poss- uh, impossible, but they add to the number of pieces of paper that we're dealing with and trying to make sure that everyone understands. Um, so it's something to be cautious of. And if it's something that you can just build into the purchase price and deal with yourself, sometimes that's better. Septic systems, probably not so much. But, um, you know, it, it, it's just something to think about in terms of keeping things as clear as possible and not, in general, leaving things open for interpretation because, you know, sellers want to get, everybody wants the same thing, but sellers kind of want to get it done as quickly and easily as possible. And buyers might want the most expensive method. There's just usually a disconnect there. And I don't think it's because anybody is um, greedy necessarily, but everybody kind of has different objectives. Um, So that kind of goes to my next point of understanding your contractual obligations. So we've talked about this. What's the t-shirt slogan? Demand to understand. <laughs> Carol looks at me. No, like, I was thinking. Huh? <laughs> I was thinking on my end. It's the it's the Trid T-shirt. Oh no, we're yeah. not gonna the T-shirt. Yeah. We'll post that on Facebook. <laughs> uh, um, demand to understand. So understand your contractual obligations. Um, you know, when I write up a purchase agreement with a client, I usually take about forty five minutes to go over that with them. I want to make sure that they understand what they are agreeing to because a contract is a binding legal document. You are contractually bound to that. Um, so if there's something in there that you don't understand. Um, you know, you need to make sure that you do because you're signing it and you're on the hook. The realtor's not on the hook. You're on the hook for it. I think on the lender side too, when I get a purchase contract, I'm looking at, I'm reviewing the whole thing as well. And I'm trying to reach that borrower to get the actual live loan started because Mm -hmm. the offer, you know, we're under the clock and it may say that they have three days from the date of acceptance to get the mortgage process started. And a lot of times people say, oh, that's no big deal. Right. And I'm like, well, I get, for me it is. It's in the contract. And it's funny you said that because I that in my notes is my example. That yeah. in the state of Indiana, in our contracts, we have deadlines for how long the buyer has to formally apply for financing. It's sort of a way to reassure the seller that we're not going to wait until the day before closing and then say, oh, crap, I need to go get a mortgage today for my closing tomorrow. Is a way to sort of reassure the seller that you understand it's a process that's going to take a while. But I see that glossed over all the time. And just recently in the past few months, it was one of several reasons why a seller of mine got their earnest money back when a deal fell apart because you had not gone to apply for your mortgage yet mm-hmm. and they wanted out of the deal and it was like you here's you know there's a list of reasons of ways that that buyer hadn't upheld their part of the contract that they had signed and that was one of them uh, and the seller got to keep the earnest money so understand what those deadlines are um you know, make sure that uh, it, that you're on top of them and if you have any questions that you're asking the right people um you certainly want, you know, again, you're on the hook for it, not the realtor. It's your signature on the page. 
I'm going to go ahead and go to break now and come back and uh, talk about some more real estate road rage. Road? I can't even talk. Ways to avoid real estate road rage. Bear with me. I'm going to uh, do some tongue twisters over break and see if I can get my words back. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hey, this is Deb tomorrow with realrealestate.com here with Karen Rastel, and we are talking about real estate road rage and how to avoid it. Uh, are you following along on Facebook? Look for me on Facebook, Deb Tomorrow of Realtor. Rachel, my associate producer, is putting up some good memes during the show. What was that one with Jonathan? We were talking about uh, no, Jonathan Scott. Nobody puts Jonathan Scott in a headline. Nobody puts Jonathan Scott I in a I get the reference, Rachel. Yeah, that's pretty funny. All right, so follow along on Facebook. There's always some really good information there. We'll reference the show and post links. Um, so we are talking about ways to kind of mentally avoid the road rage that can potentially come with real estate transactions, acknowledging that they are emotional transactions at times. Oh, I'm up to 50 followers on Instagram. Sorry, I digress. One more. Come on, we got a half an hour. Um Real estate is one of the biggest purchases of their life. I always think about this friend of mine from way, way back when. Her name was Lynn Gonzalez. And she and I, her husband, Rob, were purchasing a TV. And it was a very big expense. They were in their 20s. And as she was waiting for him to drive the truck around to pick the TV up, she was standing outside the appliance store, whatever, electronic store, crying. This cracks me up still to this day. And there was a pretty famous radio personality in Indianapolis. Um, he's called J- Jimmy Mad Dog Matas. I remember that. And remember he him. was there for just like totally coincidental. And was like, ma'am, are you okay? And she's like, I have buyer's remorse. <laughs> she was, <laughs> isn't that the funniest thing? She, and she was standing outside and he didn't really know what to do. So I think he kind of patted her on the arm and then quickly walked away. And so that, you know, those kind of emotions can be even more amplified when you're buying a house. Um, One of the memes uh, that I'm going to challenge Rachel to find a picture for, plan for the best, expect the worst. Have you heard that? Yes, I have. My question is, is it plan for the worst and expect the best? 
I'm not entirely sure which it is. Mm. Um, but I guess my point is don't be surprised when things don't go absolutely smoothly. There's another saying I was trying to figure out too, and you had mentioned it when we were talking about the show in our, our pre-show, uh, martinis. Yeah, we didn't have martinis, didn't have martinis. mom. Uh, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control your attitude. Yeah, there was a there was a slogan that I used to the bank I used to work for had, and it was "Choose your attitude." Okay. And there may have been a book, but yeah, we were talking about how you you can control how you react to a situation right. or comments or or anything like that. But your quote reminded me of um, under promise and over deliver. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to sell yourself you know, in your services, what you can do to help these uh, potential sellers or buyers. It's almost like, you know, under, under promise and over deliver. Yeah. And over deliver. Right. Uh, You know, I've seen realtors lose their minds over unmowed yards. I've seen it. I've heard the screaming through the walls in my office, you know, that it's the day before closing and the lawn hasn't been mowed. I can think of an, I had one like that too. I saw these people had a week old baby. They had had a baby like right before closing and then the grass was literally knee high and they were just kind of, well, that kind of sucks. And then that was it, you know, they're like, but this is the house we want. And so this is just what we're going to have to deal with. And it's unfair. You know, life's not fair. Here's another meme, right? I feel like I'm all after school special or something. Um, but, you know, as realtors, this is a really good way to, that's a good interview question. You know, I'm always talking about like, oh, you should just ask that as an interview question when you're talking to realtors. And I think we talked about this a little bit before. You know, why not? You want your realtor to stay calm in the face of these dramatic situations. Because I do think that they set the tone for how you respond. And so uh, one of the... Uh, one of the things I recommend asking is, you know, tell me about a time when uh, you had a deal go bad, if you were interviewing a realtor. And I think you could ask the same thing of the lender too. You know, how did you handle it? How did the, do you want a realtor who went ballistic and tell you how they went off and yelled? Cause you're going to have realtors who will answer that. And maybe that's, is what you want. And I had a client, we closed a deal yesterday. Gosh, she was so sweet. Um, and, they really went above and beyond what the buyer was asking them to do in terms of inspection response items. And they just really wanted the house to be in good condition. And she's called me over the weekend. She's exhausted. She's in her seventies and she was exhausted. And she said, my son said I should have been meaner throughout the whole transaction that whenever he buys a house, he's a jerk. (laughs) I was like, well, I guess that's one way to approach it. Um, I just kept telling her, I said, karma's going to come back to you. I promise. Um, so, you know, maybe you do want a realtor who's like, well, I got in their face and I told them that whatever, I, I can't even fake it because I, that's just not my personality. Um, you know, would you prefer a realtor who kind of keeps perspective and really stays laser focused on the ultimate goal? And if you're an HGTV producer, I don't want you to answer this question because I know you want the first person, which is probably why I'll never have an HGTV show because I can't wag my finger and get up in your face. But um, do you have example of a time yeah I had a I had a client a couple years ago that um bought a house on an auction website oh fun and was doing conventional financing and um ended up being a bank-owned property which I didn't realize that that client was interested in that but um so it took some time was in fairly good condition however when all the utilities needed to be turned on for the inspection and the appraisal and the uh, bank that owned it, it was kind of slow on their end. 
the tension of the client was elevated. So if they came into my office, and there's another saying by Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, who says, um, and I, I hope I'm not misquoting her, but be responsible for the energy that you bring into my space. So when I, my client came in frustrated, my natural response was to be frustrated with him. Right. But um, we, it took longer. I think it started around March something, and we ended up closing in May. So mm-hmm. it actually went a lot faster than most bank owned. But if I wouldn't have kind of kept my mm-hmm. calmness at a, at a level playing field, mm-hmm which would bring the client back down and kind of say, okay, you're not getting crazy and mad and, and having this rage like I am. You're feeling like it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. Right. And most deals do. Well, I'll tell you a secret, people out there listening. Uh, realtors know who the other realtors are who get crazy. <laughs> we have an unwritten list in our head. We know, oh, that's one who's going to get a little crazy. Uh, it's probably good that we know that because we can try to kind of counteract that. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes it makes you kind of go, oh, I don't know if I want to deal with that person, to be perfectly honest. But we have to as realtors. Um, I'm going to recommend that you not go the jerk route. I think that that's probably healthier for everyone. So think about interviewing your realtor, interviewing your lender, asking them about times when they've had a deal go bad or get really difficult and how they handle that. Um, and use that as part of your decision making. Control how you approach it. Um, know that it won't kill you. I hate to say that because it just seems really blunt. But I pretty much say at least once during every transaction with the client, Hey, I haven't lost anyone yet. We'll, we'll make it. And then I kind of go, well, that's not true. I have lost two clients. Sellers in the process. Yeah, but out of how many? But yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that wasn't anything I caused, I don't think. I mean, there was one with an aneurysm, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was a really sad story that, that involved the coroner and, yeah, lots of drama. That's a good HGTV story. Um, but, you know, it's not going to kill you. What's the worst thing that could happen? Try to kind of keep some perspective. Um you know, buying and selling a home is scary uh, and it's uncomfortable. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. And I especially have this conversation with sellers, especially if you're trying to transition from one home to another. At some point, there's a leap of faith. That's terrifying. You know, at some point you may buy a house and not have your sold and be facing the prospect of a couple mortgage, double mortgage payments for a while. Or you might sell your house and not have a place to go necessarily or have to kind of find something really quickly or have to sleep on couches for a while. It's not going to be comfortable, but you keep your eye on the prize um, and stay focused. And uh, again, you know, I don't think we won't lose you. We'll make it. Uh, Kind of going along with that, uh, keeping perspective and is planning ahead. Um, Having a plan B is sort of my big thing. And I even tell my sellers a lot of times, if you can have a plan C and a plan D, that would be awesome too. So that you don't have to live in the back of a U-Haul. You know, having a place to go if if you sell your house, that's a really important thing. Um, But having that plan um, sort of leads me to Number six on my list, I don't know what number we're on on our list, give everyone plenty of time to go throughout the process. This, I think, is huge for uh, keeping the road rage uh, down to a minimum level. It's just whenever things get rushed, um, it's just going to be stressful. It's going to create more. You know, if you're trying to close, here's an example. If you're trying to close on the sale of your house on a Monday 
and you have to be out of your apartment on Tuesday, there's going to be some road rage. It's just too stressful. Give yourself some time. Put a little bit more extra money aside. Um, maybe you can keep the apartment for an extra month and have plenty of time to transition. I, you know, I have clients we closed yesterday. I said, when are you guys moving in? And they said, probably mid-June, which is great. You know, they're going to have some work done. They're going to do some painting. They'll have the carpets cleaned. You know, they'll be able to move little by little. They have a little baby. It's not going to be stressful with them. It's going to be fun. It's going to keep the process fun. Um, you know, give the lender plenty of time. Do you have anything to say about that, Karen? Um, I just, I think that for you buyers out there that are getting financing, the minute you know you have an accepted offer, email your lender and let them know. Um, what I typically do is email the realtor, the buyer's agent and say, hey, heard we have an accepted offer. Can you send me that contract? and all the other disclosures so that I can get started on it because a lot of times we may be a 30-day close or they're doing a certain program that takes some time to, to get that started. So it's very important that you get with your lender as soon as your um, offer has been accepted. I know your, um, your company, Hallmark, offers a quick-to-close program that's sort of in used for emergency situations. Yes. It's sort of the drift because it costs a little bit more. But what does that do to your stress level if someone says, what about this quick to close program? It's a little bit stressful because uh, ones that follow that fall under that category are um, when you're closing in less than 21 business days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so buyers have to be on top of it. They have to have all their documents. That there means if, no- if your lender emails you or calls you, you need to respond within about five minutes. I'd give them a couple hours, but yeah. Right. So we prep we prep those buyers for for that type of process because it's fast paced and everyone's running around getting it done. Right. So give your lender plenty of time. Give the loan plenty of time. You know, if you're in a competition for a house, if you're a buyer making an offer and you're in competition for a house, uh, don't think that well. If I give them 15 days to close you know, that that makes your offer better because it's just going to create challenges down the road when you can't get it done. So be realistic and give plenty of time for that. Um, Same thing with any of the response times, you know, throughout the contract process, when you've got an accepted offer in house while you're waiting to close, there's lots of deadlines for inspection responses and getting appraisals done and getting homeowners insurance and all of these things. Um, And you have to stick with those timelines. But be realistic and be reasonable. Um, I think we're going to talk a little bit here at the end just about respecting the other party. Um, I had a deal. We actually got it closed, but um, the buyers came back and asked for about $20,000 worth of repairs, which is a pretty big chunk of money. And we got that response Thursday night, and they wanted us to respond by Saturday at noon on what we were going to do. So basically gave us one business day. And when you're talking about that kind of money, obviously people want to get estimates. They want to digest that. They want to read through the inspection report and all that. Um, It really went a long way to uh, pissing my sellers off. And they were so nice. Uh, and we did get it together. We had to ask for an extension. We had to go back and say, look, that you're not being reasonable. You're not, you know, respecting us and giving us enough time. Uh, we got it done. We got it closed on time. But, um, you know, give plenty of time uh, for people to do their due diligence. We're going to go to a break, finish up talking about uh, timing and giving people plenty of time throughout the process and a few other things before we wrap up the show in our last segment. So stick with us. Thanks. Ask 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back still looking for that one elusive Instagram follower to get me to my um, random number goal of 51. Again, recognizing that Taylor Swift has like 16 billion Instagram followers, and I just want to get to 51. Uh, so take pity on me. Follow me on Instagram, Deb Tomorrow. I am easy to find on there. We are talking today about ways to avoid real estate road rage, whether you are the buyer or the seller. And the last topic we were talking about was just making sure you give everybody plenty of time. Uh, if rushing things just seems to amp up the stress level. Uh, increased chances. I just had this conversation literally an hour and a half ago where um, the buyers, I have the sellers, the buyers want to move up the closing date uh, a little bit. We had asked them a couple weeks ago, hey, do you want to move move the closing date up? And we weren't really sure whether the buyers could do it or not. So we just kind of left everything. And the lender today said, hey, we're ready to close Friday. Well, we're not ready to close. We don't have all the inspection items done. And so my seller says, well, we could do it, but some of the things would have to be done after closing. I said, nope, we're not going to play that game. We're not going to do that. I told her, I said, I want you to sign the papers at closing and walk away and be done and not have to worry about, is the buyer happy? Will the buyer be happy? What if we've already closed? And then you do the things that you say you're going to do, but the buyer's not happy with how they're done. No, it just creates uh, more opportunities for uh real estate road rage. Um, I had another one too, where we moved the closing up last minute. We were supposed to close two weeks from now and they said, oh, we can close in three days. And my sellers were like, yeah, we can do that. Well, we couldn't get out. I know it was crazy, right? I know I'm making that face. (laughs) Did the buyer have financing? Yeah. Yeah. It all just, I don't know. The pieces fell into place really easily and that was great. But literally the day after we finished negotiating inspections, they were ready to close. And I didn't think my sellers would be ready. And they said, sure, we can do it. We just have a few more things to move into our new house. I was like, all right, fine. Everybody wants to do it. Well, we couldn't get the utilities turned over fast enough. And they contacted the, um, the cable telephone company and they said, well, we can come out in a week. So the buyers weren't very happy because they basically didn't have internet for a week because of just rushing things. So that's fine, but don't get mad at me. (laughs) 
because you wanted to move things up. So plenty of time. Take a deep breath. Take plenty of time. Um, One of the last things I want to talk about is knowing what the norms are in your market. Um, I think going outside what's normal for the market can raise concerns for the other uh, parties and it can create issues. So, for example, and I don't know if this necessarily can kind of create road rage. I have a really funny story to tell, too. Possession. Possession isn't necessarily the same day as closing, um, but every market has a little bit different what the norms are. So in my market, I typically ask for possession to be at closing. And sometimes the sellers come back and they say, eh, we'll give you possession in a few days. We don't want to pay to have the piano moved until we know the deal is done. That's fine. We work through that. But it's not usually a really long possession time. But there are other markets who will typically do 30 days after closing for possession. So the seller doesn't have to move out for 30 days. And in fact, there's a market that's just 15 miles down the road here, but it's a different town. And they typically do possession. Their norm is 30 days after closing. Did you know this down in Bedford? No, I didn't know. Yeah, that's their norm. So I heard this story once a few years ago of a realtor from up here, because we're licensed in the state of Indiana, we can go 15 miles down the road and help someone buy a house. And they went to do the final walkthrough at closing. uh, And the seller had moved out. Well, the buyer had thought they had written the contract for possession to be at closing. But it never really occurred to anyone on the set listing side, normal, a standard in our market is 30 days. So, I mean, the seller hadn't even packed a fork. I mean, it had done oh nothing. Gosh. So there was some last minute negotiations because the buyer had everything on the track ready to go, you know, taking off work and all that. And I'm not actually sure how it resolved. Sorry about that. I don't have the... The end to the story, I only have the beginning to the story. (laughs) Because the moral of the story is in the beginning of the story, which is understand what the norm is for the area. And if you are not doing something that is normal, you kind of want to make doubly and triply sure that you don't run into any of those. I'm not saying you have to conform. Heaven knows I'm the last person on the earth to conform to anything. But... uh, if you're, you know, I think it's normal. I used to work in, you know, the banking industry and some other jobs and, um, you know, sort of uh, not factory settings, but sort of production settings. And everything's going along and the machines are working and everything's normal and fine. Everybody does great. And you get a bump in the road where something's just slightly different. Um, and then it increases the chances that there's going to be mistakes. And it's the same thing in real estate, that if you're doing things outside the norm, you're probably better off just expecting that there's going to be some bumps because, um, you know, we kind of all get into this groove of this is how it's done and <laughs> throw a wrench in it. Oh, yeah. Karen's pointing to a note on my uh, outline. Do you want me to talk about that? I do because I know that sometimes, like, I may talk to a client who says, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get with our realtor later today and we're going to put an offer in and we're going to ask for, like, $25,000 less than list price or, you know, or something like that, which mm-hmm. I don't know where that number comes from mm-hmm. in their mind, mm-hmm. but I just know our market isn't like that. Not right now, right? right? Yeah, I always tell the story in my first time home buyer classes of a couple I had come to me and there was a house they really liked. I think it was priced about 140 and we had been looking at houses for quite some time. They were pretty excited about this one and it. Uh, they came to me and they said, well, my uncle lives in Chicago and he said that we should offer 114. 
And I was like, um, yeah. And, you know, you hate to be the one. You don't want to bash the uncle. But you have to sort of say, you know, normal in our market and the market around here. I haven't done the numbers lately. It used to be that houses sold for about 96 to 97% of list price. That number may be up right now because of how crazy things are. Um, but certainly not. 20% below list price, whatever the math is on that. I got them up to 119. I couldn't get them up any higher than that. Seller did not even respond. I was going to say. Did not <laughs> even acknowledge our existence. So they ended up buying a different house. Um, but likewise, I had a situation uh, just recently with a house that was coming on the market in a very desirable neighborhood around here. And it was an estate sale. So the sellers were really motivated to, move, to sell it. Um, we put some rules on it almost like an auction, but not quite, just because it was going on the market um, the day after Easter. The market was crazy, and we decided, we we actually were trying to be nice. I know no one believes me that that was our motive, but I just thought, I don't want people to skip their kids' soccer games because they have to go see this house the second it comes on the market because we knew we were going to get offers on it right away. And I didn't want people, good buyers, to miss out on the opportunity. So we said, we're going to put it on the market Monday. We're going to review offers Thursday at 5 o'clock. And I know that's typical in a lot of markets. Not usually done around here, but uh, I talked with the sellers about it and they felt like that was the right thing to do to kind of, you know, respect all the buyers. Well, the, some of the buyers, unfortunately, did not respect the seller. Um, they kept making offers and giving us deadlines to respond. And we kept saying, no, we're going to review offers Thursday at five o'clock. And they would, you know, put in, send an offer in and say, well, you have to respond by Tuesday. And thinking they could kind of bully us in. And I will tell you that my seller was eventually just like, he said, put it in file 13. <laughs> what is? It's the trash can. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know the origin of that. Rachel, okay. can you look that up and post that on Facebook, file 13? Where did that come from? But yeah, he kept saying that. Uh, and just wouldn't really even give him the time of day because they just wanted the respect of this is the plan that we set out. We don't want to go back on our word that we told everyone, hey, you have four days to look at this property. Respect that. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had seven people who did respect that. And we, we chose the offers from there. and uh, It all went really well. So um, a couple of final notes in my list of 17 million things to do to prevent road, ra road rage. Um, don't be cheap. I said I didn't want to do things that would don't be, but you know, don't skimp on things. If you need to do an inspection, do an inspection. If you need to pay for a reinspection to give you peace of mind, do that. Um, don't uh, don't skip any steps. Again, don't skip the inspection. Don't skip the final walkthrough. Do all of these things. Follow the process. Trust the people that you chose to help you. I'm going to close on that note. Trust the people that you chose to help you. Interview them and trust them. Hey, reminder that Karen and I are going to be at Twin Lakes Rec Center. If you are anywhere near the Bloomington area making an appearance Wednesday, May 11th from 3 to 7, it's free. I don't think they card you at the door. It's supposed to be 50 plus expo. But hey, 30-year-olds, come on out. Uh, help me get to that uh, 51 Instagram followers. Uh, follow me on Facebook. Look for me on Twitter. We are going to be back next week if they'll have us for show number eight. Did I get to 51? You're still at 50. Oh, man, alive. Okay, well, uh, by midnight, 51. So someone go sign up for an Instagram account. Uh, I'll have my mom call up one of her friends and sign up for an Instagram account. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. We will be next back next week. As always, uh, email me, Deb, at realrealestatetoday.com. Send me your questions. Uh, we'll help in any way we can. Have a good one. 
Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.